0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms. Looking for inspiration wherever we can find it.
1: So Amy, best part of last week... Well, this is such a fun time. I know with all the holidays. It
0: stuff, is but. well, you know. I have a childhood friend that I've known since third grade. She lives in Sherwood, and oh, okay. we get together once in a while. And we went, uh, met up, and had a bite to eat. So that was kind fun. of fun just to catch up. Yeah, and it's always nice, nice. especially post. I
1: mean, before the uh, holidays, hopefully with yeah. COVID being behind us more right. so than yeah, you know. yeah, well, so fun, was nice.
0: Hey, I have a few updates on some folks we chatted about previously on our podcast. Remember, Mike, we talked about Michael Jake Fox mm-hmm. in episode thirty-three. I just read an article about him, which I was really pleased this to say that he was really in a good place right oh, good. now, which is kind of neat. Yeah. But as we talked to it's you know, the article was saying like three years ago he was in that dark space after years of battling Parkinson's disease. Which he's always managed to find the bright side, you know. But unfortunately, he had spinal surgery to remove a tumor. Mm. I remember shortly thereafter getting out of the hospital, he had a fall and it set him back, both physically and emotionally. But he talks about how he drew upon his family support to heal and rehabilitate. Plus, he focused on his foundation, which to date, I guess, has raised more than $1 billion. So that's so awesome for Parkinson's disease. But the other cute thing there, him and his wife, uh, Tracy, are empty nesters now. And so they sold their home uh, in New York and they bought, they're now renting. They started renting in Santa Barbara for a couple months. And then they're going to go down the road to Malibu. And they're just kind of checking out places, which is, I think you. that's kind of fun. But the other uh, update I have was on the Royals. We chatted about, mm-hmm. in episode 28, Lady Diana. I just read the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Will and Kate, are in the news for their ear shot prize award uh earth shot prizes the royal foundation to five winners every year for their contributions in environmentalism which is so awesome but teresa you'll love this kate wore an upcycled dress it's 10 years old so fitting for the event but i just i don't know it's so cool i just love learning about these inspiring people, it just makes me hopeful. Well, and I, um, so episode 16, we talked about Lady
1: Gaga. Yeah. And she, so there was that kindness challenge in September. Oh, yeah. And I signed up for it, obviously. You know, we talked about it. And um, she sent, she did like a short little video. Oh. With, so if people look up on Born This Way Foundation. Yeah. Um, they'll find her video where she talks about different people and just ways oh. that, that you can reach out and be kind. Oh, cool. So yeah,
0: I love that kindness awesome. all around. You know, Bangladesh uh, is you know been in, in the middle of a devastating water and sanitation crisis. More than one point eight million people in Bangladesh lack access to like improved water sources. Thirty six million lack. Some sort of insanitation, making it especially tough right now navigating COVID. You know, mm, yeah. But this horrific crisis is triggered by climate change, resulting in cyclones and rising sea levels. These climate assaults are causing embankments to erode and causing flooding and rice pa- to the rice paddies, contaminating ponds that traditionally people relied on for drinking water. The really unfair part of this story is. Bangladesh only makes up 1% of the global greenhouse gas emissions. So, these climate We're the consequences they're playing for the, the rest of us, Exactly. That are, yeah. These climate changes are global but have out, outsized the impact in Bangladesh. Climate change is caused by us, the larger mm-hmm. richer countries far away releasing the enormous amounts of emissions. The salt water is not only affecting crops and agriculture, but it's affecting the marine ecosystem, reducing fishing, populations, and people's livelihoods that depend on them. A group of women led by Sophia Kutan are banded together, they're called Mothers Parliaments, and nine elected group of women who advocate for suitable and affordable access to water. Mothers Parliaments were established in 2017 with um, the support of the Developmental uh, development, excuse me, Organization of Rural Poor. These um, women meet three times a year to discuss WASH, um, which is stands for Water, Sanitation, and Hygiene. They meet with local government institutions to advocate uh, and solve local issues. Sophia says the big cyclones used to hit her community once every 25 years, mm-hmm. and now it's every two to three years. Mm. Her focus isn't just on eliminating the greenhouse emissions, which is Crucial. Yeah. She wants to also help um, with the immediate consequences of climate change, particularly with the rebuilding of embankments. These embankments are failing, and they're supposed to hold back the storm, surges of salt water, and preventing f- floods of, you know, fields and homes. Yeah. So as well as creating a better water source and infrastructure, they have made some improvements, some interesting ones. They've um, One is a communication system that sends out warnings on impending cyclones. Uh, they create a network of shelters for people to find refuge from the storms. Through this warning system, they're now able to safely evacuate uh, people in the millions, which wow. they lose people. We just don't even get this. You know, they, we it's, don't it's even this yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Another example, researchers have developed new types of crops that are more tolerable to salt water. So they're making mm-hmm. these kind of strides. Mm-hmm. Um they also collect rainwater during monsoon season, which has been beneficial. Even though Bangladesh has adopted some ways of managing their water crisis, more changes need to be addressed. And I'm just inspired by this woman, uh, Sophia, being vocal about the needs of her community and leading a group of women to advocate for change. I read it. It's really cool. They won a Water Changemaker Award. Um, That's awesome. I know. Well, this Water Changer Organization, not only does it award groups – but it also connects these communities globally so they can learn from one another, mm. which I think mm-hmm. is really awesome. Well, I love that it's, once again, girl power. It's girl power. And I, I love that, admits it, they've had made some progress. Yeah. So that's awesome. really cool. Awesome. Now, recently I saw something about Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And I was intrigued, especially after New Zealand's response to COVID. She was determined to avoid high death tolls. She immediately closed the border to international travel and imposed a month-long nationwide lockdown.
1: Which because I know that we were all doing this. Them. Yeah, we were, yeah. Like, they Look, are setting them. a great example.
0: And, a, and I'm sure it was a tough decision. Absolutely. Uh, but she asked her countrymen to work from home and stop seeing friends and family. She asked New Zealanders to show empathy and generosity to one another. She said, "We're all now putting each other first, and that is what we need to that is what we do well as a nation. So New Zealand, be calm, be kind, stay at home and break the chain." I love that. And you're probably wondering what that break the chain. I had to look it up. So it's, it means just breaking or disrupting problematic patterns of behavior. But but I love the be
1: calm, be
0: kind. kind, yeah. Think of others. Well, I is what she's. You that's know. that's her whole message, and uh, that's what I love about this per- woman. I'm excited to learn it. Oh, about yeah. Her. So New Zealand is a small country about the size of Colorado, oh, with okay, about five million people. It's known for its beautiful forests and mountains, waterfalls, herding sheep and wool for sailing, and beautiful seasides. And even though it's a small country, this extensive lockdown was not an easy task. But because New Zealand acted early and swiftly, they were able to flatten the COVID infection rate, which resulted in the, having the lowest death rates per million people. I looked up just recently mm-hmm. on the World Health Organization showing that they had 7,740 cases total and they had 33 deaths. Uh, so, so I definitely. Low. So <laughs> definitely, I was like, I'm so impressed with this response. It made me curious about New Zealand's leader. Well, and
1: I remember early on with the. With the pandemic yeah. running with you, and each day would be the latest step. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a number guy. You're a science. You are so a number I kind of
0: was like, Not kind of. You are. So, so I was so. like, that's, to me, that really kind of... Impressive. Piqued yeah. my interest. I get it. But as I, you know, digged into my research, I kept reading adjectives like kindness, mm-hmm. empathy, and strength used to describe her. So I, I seriously they had... It's not know- like good tattoos. I know. I seriously <laughs> had to know more about this woman... Uh, so Jacinda was born in 1980 in Hamilton, New Zealand. Her dad was a police officer. Her mom worked in a school cafeteria, which I can relate to because I was a lunch lady too. She has an older older sister, Louise, um, and she was raised in the Mormon faith, which I think is probably where she developed this strong sense of right or wrong. She only had one older sister? One older sister, uh-huh. Yeah. And the other neat thing I read about her, she's very, she was very empathetic, even at a young age. Like, she was keenly aware of social inequalities. When she saw, like, when they moved to this smaller town in Mirapara, she was deeply impacted by seeing kids not having enough to eat at lunch mm-hmm. or seeing a boy in the middle of winter with no shoes. Mm-hmm. These observations raised a lot of questions in her heart, and her parents were also huge role models. Her mom was particularly influential in teaching her the meaning of kindness. If her mom saw someone in need, she'd be the first to help. Um And I also read that she was really ins- admired and inspired Nelson Mandela, who we need to do sometimes. Yes, we do need to. Oh, my gosh. So...
1: Speaking of Nelson Mandela, we do need to do him, but I'm reading Denzel Washington's oh, book because yeah. I will be doing him next time. But one of the chapters is by Muhammad Ali and the person who inspired him the most. He talks about
0: Nelson Mandela. Oh, so, very cool. I, yeah, I, I love it. I love yeah, the connection. I love, yeah, I like all the, yeah. So, Jacinda was a good student uh, at a young age. She was very vocal about what she thought was right. In high school, the dress code required girls to wear skirts, which Jacinda thought was unfair and unequal. (laughs) And I love that she worked with school officials to change the dress code so girls could wear pants. So she also had a stint in high school working as a DJ, which was really fun. I saw these really cool pictures of her DJing, but which is kind of cool. I guess there's a Spotify of her playlist called Spinoff Jacinda Ardern uh, DJ Set. She does that like through her early 20s. Besides DJing, Jacinda grew interested in politics and joined the Labor Party when she was seventeen. Oh my gosh, so yeah, young, really young. The Labor Party is left leaning, and whereas the National Party is um, right leaning, there are also oh. three smaller parties. Just, just to give us <laughs> a- education, Green, uh, ACT, and Maori. Jacinda's aunt played a role introducing her to politics. Her her, um, aunt was a member of the Labor Party for years and offered uh, to teach Jacinda about politics. So she went and lived with her in New Plymouth and helped MP, Member of Parliament, Harry uh, Denhoven, run for election. In 1999, she began studying politics and public relations at the University of Waikato And after graduation in 2001, she began working for labor MP Phil Goff. Shortly after that, she joined the staff of Helen Clark, who had just won her second term as prime minister. And Helen Clark became a mentor and gave Jacinda advice and really helped shape her political career They both supported keeping New Zealand um, free of nuclear weapons, which is really cool. I
1: love that they're so progressive that they have women. Right,
0: right. Um, I think that, yeah, I think there was only one other female uh, prime minister in New Zealand, but prior to Helen. Um, but. Jacinda took advantage of the of what they call a working holiday. It's where young adults can go work in foreign countries, mm-hmm. and she went to work for Tony Blair, Prime Minister of the UK. Mm-hmm. And she really, you know, capitalized on that opportunity. Worked with small businesses. Then in 2007, she was elected president of a international union of socialist youth. This is a cool organization. It was founded in 1907. Their goal is to reduce poverty by improving education and promoting equality for women. Oh. Uh, This group comes from more than 100 countries, and as president, she got to visit uh, countries like Jordan, Israel, Algeria, China, and and many other countries. So it was a a fabulous opportunity. In 2008, she returned to New Zealand, and the Labor Party chose her to run for a seat in her home district um, of of Wokato. This district, the Labor Party, was really conservative, and unfortunately, Jacinda lost the election. But at 28, she received a seat in Parliament. Still so young. I know. When the Labor Party selected her uh, list of MP, basically that's member of uh, Parliament. Mm-hmm. And so she was the youngest MP and became the spokesperson for uh, Youth Affairs. I feel like I need to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, yes. Lesson. She's really incredible. Well, and Youth Affairs works to create opportunities for New Zealand's young people. Okay. And so uh, unfortunately, she had some setbacks, but in 2011 she got to work on two two bills. one would allow same-sex couples to adopt children, and the other would reduce childhood poverty, which I didn't realize that childhood poverty was so prevalent in New Zealand. Uh, it affects one in five children. Uh, yeah, it's really sad. really sad. But her political career really took off in 2017. When she ran for seat of MP and won by a large majority, um, later that year she was chosen to be deputy leader of the uh, Labor Party, and her campaign really focused on families. Besides the staggering number with childhood hunger, there's also uh, a high uh, rates of domestic violence. It's, it's interesting.
1: interesting. It's really
0: interesting. It's a horror. It's horrifying, really. Hmm. Um, a child in New Zealand went to the hospital every other day for injuries caused by oh family gosh. members, either by or by neglect. So, and housing was another problem. New Zealand had a higher percentage of homeless people than any other wealthy country. I wonder why. Th- yeah, I mean. Hmm. And so plus folks could not afford their, the heat to, uh, to heat their homes. Mm-hmm. So Jacinda spoke to voters about these issues and told them the Labor Party would provide money to help with housing and heat. She also was concerned about the college debt of mm-hmm. young people and keeping New Zealand a nuclear-free zone, which meant the country would have no nuclear weapons and I love that, and that it not only promotes peace, yeah. but also protects the environment from damages Absolutely. caused by nuclear testing,
1: which we know. Being in the Pacific Northwest, with the right. Columbia being just
0: yeah, uh, she's been a strong supporter of preventing you know climate change, which I love. But Jacinda pledged to have renewable electricity by 2035. Parliament created the Green Investment Fund to aid industries that would work with clean technology. You now she was popular among voters for her positive, down-to-earth approach of, you know, focusing on family and the environment. The media coined the name Jacinda Mania <laughs> as a result of her popularity. Then, on October twenty-fifth, two thousand seventeen, Jacinda became New Zealand's youngest prime minister uh-huh. in one hundred and fifty years at thirty-seven, and only the third female wow. prime minister. But still ahead of us. Ahead of us. So I just wow. And then a year later, she gave birth to a baby girl, ne- Neve. Um, she only took six weeks off uh, from maternity leave, and her partner Clark Gayford um, became a stay-at-home dad. Oh my gosh,
1: that's adorable! So I cute love
0: that. and what, so progressive. What, what I love this is, I think it's so cool. She made history by bringing her three-month-old baby girl to a UN assembly. <laughs> no, no other child's been on the UN assembly <laughs> floor. And she, she's like, I get, you know, she received, you know, startling reactions, of course, but I love her response that she's like, this is a practical decision. You know, I'm breast, she's breastfeeding. So she had to bring her child along. So, and she said that she hoped that this would change the perspective of leaders having children Mm -hmm. while ruling. Uh, She predicted that one day it'll be normal. You know, I admire that, that, how she talks about motherhood and being prime minister, saying, I'm not just the first woman to multitask. I'm not the first woman to work and have a baby. I think what's so amazing is that she did not think that being a mother should be a reason to pull back on responsibilities as a leader. Plus, her partner, also willing to stay at home, I just think it's so refreshing. It is. Um, She's a fantastic leader, you know, during crisis. And I have to say, one of the bleakest days in New Zealand history was on March 15, 2019, when terrorists attacked two mosques In the town of Christchurch, 51 innocent people died and it devastated uh, the Muslim community in all of New Zealand. This happened just 16 months after Jacinda became prime minister, Mm -hmm. so she's really new. But shortly after the attacks, she visited the Muslim community and spoke to leaders. She showed respect by covering her head with a hijab. Um, She was truly moved by the tragedy, and she tearfully told them the whole country was united in grief she pledged to cover funeral costs of all 51 victims and offered financial assistance to the families. And I'm blown away by this piece. Within one month after the shootings, she passed a law banning semi-automatic weapons. As Australia well as, did something similar. As Australian. well as changing the license um, regimen, which I think is just impressive yeah. in the amount of time. Yeah. She's definitely a lady Well, of they action. took it seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love that. And I guess with people, their people, people matter. Yeah. And, and what what I, I think what what touched me the most after researching her is that the matters of the heart, her deep yeah. connection with the people of New Zealand, and how she was there uh, with the Muslim community after the shootings. There's these pictures of her just embracing people, and you know, I re- I was reading the how she just trusts her instincts, and she taught herself to sit with a decision for a while. Mm-hmm. If it didn't feel right, not to be afraid to try a different decision. I love that she talks about kindness, saying it's not, uh, you know, it's not being afraid to be kind or to focus on or re- just really being driven by empathy. She says that we, as leaders, need to empathize with the next generation that we're making these decisions for. Seriously, the more I read about this woman, the more I admire her. And she has a great sense of humor. Even better. I, even better. I know.
1: Someone with a sense I know. Of humor.
0: She was on Stephen Colbert a couple times. And the last time I guess she was on the show... She invited Stephen to come to New Zealand and said she'd pick him up at the airport. (laughs) So I found the video on YouTube and it's hilarious. She literally picks him up at the airport and, you know, he's his usual funny self. He's got like the thing around the neck. I think he's got slippers on that are like kind of (laughs) animal like. He gets in the car and he's messing with her phone and, I love Stephen. He's Gilbert, so funny, you know. and then he, he's like, "Well, you know, we can't sing because that's gonna that's gonna cause problems with you know James Corden." Well, then all of a sudden they break out in uh, Queens Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, they go <laughs> Galileo, Galileo. They go back and forth. It is hilarious. And then in the middle of this, he's asking, "You know, I just want to know what the paperwork so I can become a citizen of New Zealand." <laughs> It's just, it's so funny. And they pull up to her house, and then they kind of, now they're in the her living room, and he, as he's interviewing her, he's like, I'd love to officiate your wedding. And she's yelling back to her husband, who's in some back room, what's your thoughts on that? And he's like, can we talk about this later? Because he's just,
1: Catholic. Cause I think he's Catholic. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So, but it's cute. But it I'm just, sure he'd be willing to become ordained yeah. in order to officiate the wedding.
0: Right, right. So then he's just I just love it. And so then they were in their backyard. They were having a barbecue and then Lord's there. You yeah. know. Wow. <laughs> it's just so funny. But I just I admire her humble nature and she doesn't take herself too seriously. Another good quality. And you know, I love that she not only talks about kindness and empathy, she embodies it. She asked her fellow New Zealanders to do the same. And she really cares about the needs of her, you know, fellow New Zealanders, which is evidence in the focus of you know childhood poverty, affordable housing, and gun safety. She's mm-hmm. an earth changer.
1: Love that.
0: And I'm just blown away by her approach. Her it's just so kind of community talking to people. She's definitely common sense. Common, sense. common sense. Yeah, she's definitely an excellent role model uh, for tackling being a prime minister, for being a mother, for leading with kindness and empathy. Mm-hmm. More of that. Visiting New Zealand is now on my (laughs) bucket list. Mind you. Leadership is not about necessarily being the loudest in the room, but instead being the bridge. Or the thing that is missing in the discussion and trying to build a consensus from there. Jacinda Ardern. For those
1: of you that have been listening to our podcast for a while... You know that Amy and I often start off an episode <laughs> asking each other what the best part of our week has been. One thing that I've noticed when Amy and I have done something to help others, that's usually one of our favorite parts of the week. Whether it's picking up trash while we're plogging or dropping off a meal for someone, preparing meals for the homeless, or collecting food in our food drive, those are always the best part of yeah. our week. There's just something about helping others that makes you feel good. And apparently there's actually a causational link between helping others and happiness. Oh. Researchers at the University of British Columbia have been studying the link between kindness and happiness, which I, I love yeah. all of this because so there's more some, kindness.
0: There's some science behind exactly. it. Exactly. Chemicals <laughs> in our brain or what? <laughs> uh,
1: Elizabeth Dunn is a psychology professor at the University of British Columbia, and she's been studying happiness for years. Professor Dunn says studies have shown a causal link when people behave in this generous, kind way, they actually end up happier themselves. Wow! Which I totally, well, I, I totally, yeah. She goes on to say, frankly, I find it very reassuring that humans have this sort of built-in tendency to experience joy from helping others. One experiment that researchers at the University of British Columbia conducted was to give out $5 and $20 bills to randomly chosen students on campus. The students were told to spend the money by the end of the day. Half of the students were told to spend the money on themselves, and the other half were told to spend it on someone else.
0: I love that.
1: I know, it gets better. Um, They weren't told the purpose of the study. The same students were later asked about their day and asked how to rate how happy they felt. Oh. The students, you can guess, who spent the money on someone else rated themselves as feeling happier than those who spent the money on themselves. Professor Dunn says that the study suggests that treating others with kindness works better than treating ourselves in achieving a higher degree of happiness.
0: Wow, yeah, it makes sense.
1: Professor Dunn is quick to point out that this doesn't mean that self-care is an essential, especially during a pandemic. Taking care of yourself is also critical. However, overall happiness can be improved by doing things for others. Another study released earlier this year analyzed 126 other research projects covering more than two decades and analyzed the data collected, which included over 200,000 participants. All of the studies were screened for good data analysis Practices and ensuring that they were following the proper scientific methods. The study looked in particular at studies measuring happiness in different ways, particularly in relation to mental and physical happiness. Yeah. I love these studies. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, I mean, it's curious. You kind of go.
1: I know. It's like yeah. yours, where now I'm curious yeah. to look into New Zealand's right. history and government yeah. and all of that. But the, research, uh, the results showed over and over again that those who practice kindness tended to have higher well-being than those who focus primarily on themselves. While the data didn't show that acts of kindness were a magical formula for happiness, the results showed higher levels of happiness in people who performed kind acts on a regular basis. Interestingly, the study also showed that random acts of kindness, like spontaneous giving of a meal to a homeless person, on the whole created more feelings of happiness than more formal acts of kindness, such as volunteering at a soup kitchen. That might stem from the act of kindness feeling more like a gift, yeah. Than part of a job or a more process. Organic, yeah. yeah. As an act of feeling more personal. Other things that came out of this study, women tended to benefit from acts of kindness more than men. Oh. And young people were happier when they helped old people. People who helped others had a higher level of self-esteem. To a lesser extent, people who did acts of kindness experienced less anxiety and depression. They had improved physical health. The links to improved physical health were uh, most pronounced in older adults, wow. which I totally buy. Yeah. Researcher Elizabeth Medlarski says that being kind may make us feel better about ourselves as a person, confirm our self-confidence, distract us from our own trouble and stressors, give us a warm glow feeling, or help us be more social connected with others. All of these could potentially improve our well-being, reducing our stress, improving our mood, or providing community. The Dalai Lama said it's simpler. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. So I say go spread some kindness and we'll all
0: get happier. I I just love that. So cool.
1: This is my favorite part. Yeah. Getting to know Amy. So your favorite Christmas tradition?
0: Well, I think it's in our my family we when growing up we'd go to midnight mass and come home and open mm-hmm. one present. Oh which is kind of a special thing. Really? Wasn't it midnight? It was midnight and oh I just love that. And just being up late as a kid. Yeah. And it was candlelit. Yeah. You know. So
1: um, do you have, so that's probably part of your favorite Christmas memory.
0: Well, it's probably, yeah. yeah. The other thing in Texas, we, I grew up in Texas for a couple of years and they would um, light lanterns, like with just like, like, um, brown paper bags, oh, okay. sand and a candle. And we'd walk around the neighborhood and everybody did it. You put mm-hmm. it out and it was just these little lantern things they did. Mm-hmm. And that was something we did at hmm. Christmas time. So it was kind of fun. Something
1: We need to bring that here. Yeah. It was simple. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite
0: Christmas movie? I like Elf, because I like Will oh, okay. <laughs> I'm more of... I mean... See, I'm more of the goofball. Like, I'm going to say I also like The Daddy's Home, too, because that's the Christmas yeah. one, too. And I'm just, I kind of like the comedy. And you loved the Eurovision. I love I Eurovision. Tried I know. To watch it. I didn't like it the first time, yeah, okay. but now I've seen it a trillion <laughs> times, and I love it. So, it's better each time. It gets better. It's like um, cheese.
1: <laughs> it's it better. Um, what is a favorite gift you've either
0: received or given? I think. My favorite gift. I was thinking about that today. Uh, walking, um, my sister when I was like in second grade made me doll clothes mm. out of clothes out of scraps. I'm like my mom would make clothes, and mm-hmm. so she made doll clothes for my dolls. And I had like these two twins. I just loved it, like pants and little tops. And actually, I saved those and gave those to the girls oh. what they use for their American Girl dolls and their stuffed animals. And you know, That's sweet so. So
1: Lizzie Velasquez, who I yeah. chatted about, she like had doll clothes for her, that; oh, those were her clothes, and then wow. she got to use them with her dolls. So oh, she's wow. like, "I saved my parents all sorts of money with getting wow. to dress me in these clothes, Aww. and then yeah. I got to dress my dolls in these clothes too." So do you have a favorite Christmas song? The,
0: you know that song that's um, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. That oh my gosh, this is Christmas! Yes. I just that's been playing yeah. a lot on the radio. Yeah. I just love that, love song. that song. It's just. There's something about it. It's a very peaceful, yeah, it's loving very peaceful. song. Good song. A good head and a good heart are always a formidable combination. Nelson Mandela. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail or leave a comment on our website tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories,
1: follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.